0: make sure you check in on the people that you even have an inkling that you're worried about. Yeah. And I have always, that's always been something that's stuck with me. Yeah. And I do that. Even if it's so. just a text or a meme or some small kind of communication, yeah. it's so important to, to that person to let them know there's other people thinking about them. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a lot, isn't it?
2: Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of It's a Lot with Abby Chatfield. You know that because my name is in the title and also on the podcast group and also on my Instagram... I'm really doing a lot of um, impromptu uh, songs lately. I don't know if it's because I'm in isolation. I am really leaning into my true self and my love of musical theatre that I didn't know existed. What? Um, So today I have Phoebe Parsons back on. Phoebe was on um, episode two I believe um there's only been eight episodes and I'm like god it's been so many um and she spoke about her eating disorder but I also listened to an episode of her podcast called Confessions of a Trainwreck and it was an episode about her struggle with anxiety and depression and listening to that was really great so if you want to have more of Phoebe's view on stuff listen to that episode it was amazing um And I thought we could speak about that because it helped me a lot um, as someone who considers themselves quite versed in uh, mental health, um, going through it myself. So before we get into anything, uh, just a trigger warning, Uh, the suicide is spoken about, um, attempted suicide and uh, mental health issues, obviously. We used humour as a coping mechanism and a deflection uh, to talk about mental health. So if that triggers you or if that um, upsets you, please turn off now um, because it is something that is necessary in both myself and Phoebe speaking about this because it's just the type of gals we are, you know. Our therapists haven't gone that deep quite yet. Um, This was also recorded a little while ago, as always. A few weeks ago, COVID's changed a lot, so you can always count on me to have your out-of-date COVID stats. I think this is when uh, New York and America were getting pretty bad. Now they're beyond awful. Uh, A friend of mine in America actually had coronavirus and he was really sick, Um, but he's better now. He's like one of the healthiest people that I know and he was really ill. So it is scary. Everyone stays safe. Stay in that ISO moment. Um, Yeah. Uh, What else is there? I've written all these down. I've also decided to stop editing as much because I used to edit out all of my ums and ahs, but now I um am... Now I just want to be authentic. Oh, there's a a meme that I talk about and I play the meme and it's so funny, but I feel like some might be offended by it. I don't know. I feel like people are extra sensitive right now, but it's about the bat that the person ate. And obviously we're not making fun of the man who ate the bat. It's just if you see the meme, I'll post it in the Facebook group. Oh, phone's going off. Phone's blowing up. Uh, I'll post the meme in the Facebook group because it literally I sent it to about 70 people and we were all laughing at it um also yeah that's pretty much it for me um uh what else is going on I'm having some fun guests up soon hope you guys enjoy it uh I'm kind of just talking shit now maybe I should edit this out actually Fuck it. I did want to recommend to you guys, though, something that I constantly plug on my Instagram. And uh, this might not come as a surprise to a lot of you, uh, but uh, there's this podcast called Matt Delia is Confused. Uh, It's fucking great. In normal times, he basically interviews people that confuse him like he got on Caroline Calloway if you know who that is um he got on an exorcist it's fucking great but his podcast he for the past eight episodes has been doing like hour-long rants about coronavirus basically because he lives in LA um and obviously things are a bit more hectic over there and it's I find it really cathartic so if any of you are struggling with anxiety specifically related to coronavirus and you want to hear someone basically to say all your thoughts, or all my thoughts anyway, and you can learn a bit about how things are in America right now, um, then check that out. I think I might start um, every episode with a recommendation from now on because we all want to fill our time doing something. Unfortunately, I don't have all the content in the world. Oh, Another thing, oh my god, another thing, more exciting, much more exciting than that podcast. It's a silly little podcast. Ignore that. Um, no, don't ignore that, but um I got a camera. I bought a camera, an expensive camera that I hope I actually use. I am going to record long versions of Tea Tuesdays. I am gonna figure out, I don't know how to edit yet, I have filmed one. I don't know how to edit. I need to learn all the software, do all the things. So I'm not going to tell you when it's going to be out because your girl doesn't know. But, um, yeah, that'll be fun. Hopefully that'll be more content for you guys. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this chat with Phoebe. As always, join the podcast group to chat about it. And yeah. Mwah. Phoebe, Phoebe, you're back. You've, you've returned to the Lion's Den once again. How are you, darling? I am
0: so fabulous. Probably
2: mm. mostly for the fact that you made me dinner tonight. I did make a dinner. I made you some quesadillas Hello, from HelloFresh. Love you, HelloFresh. And I code ABBY80 for 80 But actually, do though, because it's genuinely. Oh, doing. is it. Do it. Because it's $80 off the first four boxes, I think. So it is. It's good. so cheap. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And it's been really useful for you during this time. I'm not, is this even like, I tell my friends, I'm like, you yeah. get it because I haven't talked about groceries at all. a huge saving. It's crazy. All right. So today, Phoebe and I are going to talk about mental health. But as always, to ease us in, we're going to have some A's. And the first question is always, what's that. been a lot lately? Okay. I and there are so few you things. And, of course, and there are so few things that are a lot. It's very chill lately. It's Everything's normal. Everything's yeah, completely normal. Life is
0: really underwhelming right now, it if anything.
2: Yeah, it doesn't feel like the Twilight Zone. It doesn't feel like we're in 1984 at all. No. It just
0: feels really
2: chill. Yeah.
0: Really chill. But I actually want to use this opportunity for kind of a positive. So mm. even though it's been a lot, um, for me personally, the house party FaceTime Zoom contact has been a lot. hmm and I got very overwhelmed by it on the first day it happened. Um, there was a day last week where I was on a Zoom call to two friends while I was receiving a house party call from another friend. Wow! While another device was going off from another friend, and I, I was very overwhelmed at the time. But then I stepped back and I was like, "Wow, you have
2: phenomenal
0: friends." Wow. And In a period I of have social, so many I saw- friends.
2: <laughs> and then I sat back and-, and I thought, and I thought, "Wow, I have." so many friends and And then I thought I'd tell all my businesses how many no
0: but in a period of social isolation it is so important to to be surrounded by your people and then I thought oh my god because then I I remember I exited the room and I said to my boyfriend I'm so overwhelmed and he said the same thing you did he was like wow it must be so hard (laughs) to have so many friends and I was like oh Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm being a brat. No, you're not being I a brat. I do. I'm it's lucky to have a lot though. of friends, but I think that it is a lot to have all of this social contact with people. But also, I think it's more important than ever before to
2: maintain social contact with your people. Yeah, 100%. So, I have a friend who, who I was telling up before, um, Simon. Love you, Simon, if you're listening. He's such an angel. But he has been calling me every like, two or three days, just at like random times. And if I'm like, I'm busy. He's like, right, I'll call you tomorrow. No worries. I don't call you back tomorrow. But he called me before when you're coming over. And he was like, what are you doing, darling? And I was like, just cooking. And he was like, okay, cool. And we have a five-minute catch-up. A five-minute catch-up that is so like, it's not like very substantial, but it's really like refreshing to have like, how are you? What have you done today? How's work? How are you? Is everything okay with you financially? Mm -hmm. What's going on? And it's like these deep conversations everyone's having that's like, it's very quickly beyond surface level mm-hmm. it's like hey how are you yeah good what are you doing not much how's work do you still have a job are you worried yeah. it's not like oh like fucking susan from accounts did this isn't yeah. this. it's like
0: it's not the are you how okay? are you i'm good how are you yeah i'm good yeah okay cool but it's like a how are you though yeah, it's a it's genuine yeah it's good and i'm really glad you said that because there is like a couple of people in my life that I'm genuinely super worried about right mm. now and I make it and I think I got this from my mom. My mom always said, even if you just have time to send a text to that person, maintain daily
2: contact mm-hmm. with someone that you're worried about. That's mm-hmm. like the most important part. Mm, that's so true. Mm. Yeah. See, I've been I've been really bad. I'm always really bad with the plan of texts and DMs and everything. Like I'm the worst. But I've been trying so hard lately that I'm like, if someone messages me, because I hate being ignored as it, as everyone does. Like, mm-hmm. and particularly right now, it's very hard to be ignored. So I've been trying extra hard to reply to every text that I get, every DM that I get from people that I know. Sorry, not from random people. That's exhausting. But like from every person that I know, I like try to reply. and I try to answer phone calls and I try to call people. Like when I think about someone now. I'll call them Yeah I would like Text him like How are you? Mm-hmm LMAO Like rather than like a meme Or like a Yeah Which memes are still great Obviously the memes are really popping right now
0: Like Meme culture I love
2: a coronavirus meme oh, Honestly I love like, min- like they're
0: actually very funny Okay
2: Have, have you seen <laughs> Have you seen Okay Please help me and Get it up on the microphone <laughs> This is fucking oh, hilarious I love this Have you seen this I literally Have not laughed this hard who did I send it to? Because it's so, it's literally my favourite meme of all time. I think I've watched it. That and the Julia oh, Gillard the meme. <laughs> that Julia Gillard TikTok of I will not be lectured <laughs> about misogyny by this man. Please play. <laughs> the Bat Who Caused COVID-19.
1: What have we done to the world? <laughs> Look what we've done. <laughs> Can you
0: check that to me? because it is so.
2: Look what we've done to the world. world. Look, look what, what we've done. done to <laughs> like, and we're all just in our house. Is like <laughs> that fucking bat. I imagine a, ba- a like, bat with his friends being like, look what we've done, done to the Either the bat was Can eaten. Can you imagine being the guy who ate the bat? Well, is it he dead? Oh, yeah, he did die. That's horrible. But horrible for him. And it is horrible because everyone's like, that fucking idiot. And I'm like, well, that's just, you know, obviously he wasn't doing it. Obviously it was quite normal for him.
0: But isn't it so ironic that when people are like, one person cannot change the world. Actually, that man's
2: can. One person. That man's was pretty Dramatically important. I mean, it's pretty fucked what's happening right now. And the fact that bat is just going, look at what you've done to the. And also the fact that bat's regretful. Is sorry, the funniest it's a, part. sorry, it's
0: not a, a bat. It's a Patagonian, is that what it's
1: called?
2: Oh, really? To be honest, I haven't been looking into it because I, um, I don't care about the origin. I care about how many fucking cases there are in New yeah. York right now and the fact that it's I more can, than Italy in oh. total. Right. Yeah, New York alone. So anyway, everything's fine. <laughs> Look what we've done <laughs> to the world <laughs> Look what we've done. <laughs> to the world. So regretful. The most yeah. regretful bat to ever exist. So upset.
0: And I love bats after Ferngully. Remember the batty rap? Robin Williams?
2: Oh, no. I don't remember. Okay. Um,
1: okay. All right, time for some
2: questions for you, some Q and And the first one we have, for once, isn't about relationships or boys or men or okay,
0: good because we probably sex. aren't great
2: at that kind of. Advice. I mean, for fuck's sake! I mean, <laughs> I currently, yeah. Look, my my plans of. Of a new sausage have been ruined by COVID, so really happy about that. It's super chill. I can't travel anymore. It's really chill. Um, all right, so the first question that I actually really liked, I thought it was really good and really timely, is how do you balance between self care and smashing goals? And I feel like this is really important because mm. in order to smash goals, obs, you have to. Have a certain amount of self care, right? You have to be able to be okay. mentally stable enough to be able to maintain those goals. Cause you can work, 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 work as Ri Re said.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and then <laughs> <speaking>
0: work, work, <speaking> work, 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 work,
2: work, I I do do work, work, and work. work, I work. work. I see me we and to go. Look at all what you've done to the really work.
1: And no one it's knew true. what she was talking about. No,
2: Rihanna is my literal god, except for Miley, obviously. So, um, but I think that like there has to be a certain amount of self-care. But also I think self-care, you know, everyone has this thing of like self-care is like sitting in a bath with a face mask on mm-hmm. and reading a book, which is self-care. Fuck yeah, If that's what yeah. you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I'm like, okay, self-care right now during, during um, COVID is preparing myself to be able to succeed beyond this. Yes. Like self-care for me is – like getting my jungle body qualification done so that I can a be mentally sane enough to keep going through quarantine by doing exercise or having a goal, but also to, when we're on the other side of this, I'm okay. I can earn money in that way or have a different hobby or have something else to Mm -hmm. do. Like it's beyond just a space mask. So it's kind of like, I think they're like, it's going up either way. And I think we've been fed this idea through social media, like self care Sunday and it's me in a robe in my bath, which again, Fuck yeah. But also it can be watching Netflix, it can be watching a doco that you really like. I it think can so be, too. You was telling me about learning about um attachment theories, which I yes. think is self-care because yeah, you've I always wondered about it. Yeah. So and I you're think bettering this, yourself. Exactly. That's what it, is. it isn't about treating yourself but bettering yourself. I think that's a good re- <laughs> that is, that was great. But I think there Ooh. is this real like
0: stereotypical like what's it called? A stereotypical fragment of what Self care means, and Mm -hmm. people think it is sitting, like you said, in a bathtub with a face mask, or writing in a gratitude journal, or
2: which, if that helps you, yes, but that's fine. It's kind of like we have to conform. I have to conform to that, and I think that
0: people are looking maybe to wellness bloggers or celebrities who are who are preaching that things, and that's great if that works for you. But personally, for me, those things don't work. So self care for me, when the gyms were open, my version of self care was not yoga. It was fucking mm-hmm. myself up at F45 and that made me feel so alive and so mentally acute mm-hmm. that it put me in the best possible mindset mm-hmm. for the day. Yes. But right now my self-care looks very different. Obviously mm-hmm. the gyms are shut and mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time coping with that, <laughs> which we'll get to I'm sure later. Yes. But But um, right now my self-care has adapted to make sure. So my version of self-care now is probably like a, a, a long walk in the morning by myself mm-hmm. where I'm able to have – time alone to like recharge to process the day but but that needs to happen for me first thing in the morning mm-hmm. so yeah. i need to get myself into a good state of mind as soon as i wake up yeah otherwise it's a ripple on effect and i can't catch
2: up yeah that idea of not being able to catch up, like the thought of me sitting in a bath with a face mask on reading gives me much more anxiety because I'm like,
1: what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. I'm
2: like, what else do I have on? What other email do I have to apply to? What other podcast do I have to yep. edit? What, and I, because I worked from home for so long, I'm like, what day is it? Have I missed a podcast? Like I'm like, have I done something wrong? Like is this, there's always underlying things. So I'd rather do things like, because you can like zone out going for a run with a podcast and be, and because I love being productive. So mm-hmm. I love learning about things, listening to an audiobook while exercising. Yes. Or while cleaning or while driving. Mm-hmm. But you were saying um, before on your podcast um, uh, that you've been enjoying like listening to podcasts and just like listening. Crazy concept for me a person who thinks they have ADHD and who Mm. literally listens to eight podcasts a day. I like run out. I subscribe to like 12 and I I run out every day.
0: That's wild to me. But Mm. I think that's only because, like I said to you before, and as a way of background, I am used to – so I I work three jobs pre-COVID and I'm used to working 70 hours a week and all of a sudden I've been thrust into 20 hours a week. Mm. So in order to keep myself sane – I've had to fill my day still as if I was working 70 hours a week, mm-hmm. which means I'm right. still getting up at the same time, even though I have nowhere to be until <laughs> five hours later. Mm-hmm. For me, I need that. Mm-hmm. I need that routine instability in my life. So I've had to fill it with like, okay, right now, I have two hours scheduled to myself mm-hmm. to go for a walk and listen to a self-development podcast or an audiobook or mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And to be really present instead of just going for a run to a Spotify playlist where I'm mindlessly listening to
2: a... <sighs> work wor, 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 <laughs> <and laughs> A thousand wor,
0: times. Yeah, I'm actually using add to time wisely. Yeah. yeah,
2: amazing. I think. I think... Smashing goals is self-care. I think maybe you need to kind of to find the balance, you need to kind of figure out this is kind of very basic, but what you need from that day.
0: A hundred percent. Like,
2: am I anxious today? Do I need to be able to not accumulate anxiety throughout the week?
0: I you, you agree. Know I mean? That's why I think there's a lot to be said about setting daily intentions. Mm-hmm. Instead of maybe, I mean, for me personally, gratitude journaling does not work.
2: <laughs> really anti-gratitude. Really you mentioned it four oh times. Oh my god! I'm so anti it. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I but. don't want to be rude to
0: anyone who goes through journals, but I'm just saying that <laughs> no, it's not for but me. But I'm like, I'm jealous if that works for you. But setting an intention for the day. So, for example, mm. my intention for today was to non-negotiably record a podcast, mm. get fifteen thousand steps, yeah. and. God, there was a third thing. I think it was like call my car loan and tell them I can't afford to pay it anymore because I have no money.
1: Fair.
2: Me.
0: (laughs) Literally me. But I think it's really important, especially if you're all of a sudden thrust into a time where you have Mm -hmm. no purpose, is to – before you go to sleep the night before, set an intention for the next day so you have that purpose and kind of like
2: hundred percent reason to wake up. Well, see, up. see, my therapist Haley haven't seen you in a while. Sorry, babe, miss you because you can't claim um, Medicare oh, on tell it. And no. I was like, I'm not paying two hundred dollars to sit is on Skype. Woeful. And people say to you,
0: oh, the mental health care. What's it called? The mental health care scheme. The health. Um, a mental health plan. Yeah, yeah. They're like it's free for ten, and I'm like, no,
2: it's not. No, it's, hu- it's, no, it's discounted. It's discounted. It's not free. And then via Skype, then full price. Mm-hmm. So it's 200 bucks. And I am not. I'm. I do. I go to a therapist because I can finally afford to go at that discounted rate. Yes. Regularly, so I I have been going before this all happened, but now that it's in full force, I'm like, I can't not I can afford it. I'm not like scraping my pennies, but I'm like. I don't want to be spending $1,000 a month on therapy. And it's difficult when you're doing it via Skype.
0: It's It's just not the same.
2: I'd rather just call my friends, to be honest. I'd rather call someone or listen to a podcast if I'm Mm going to sit there and be on technology, which is the reason why I have anxiety is technology. Exactly. So I'm not going to sit on Skype and and sit on my phone when she's talking. Like, fuck no. So she, before this all happened, I was really anxious about, like, work was, like, all this um, stuff with, you know, like, hang on, people don't say I do for work really, but, like, basically, obviously, being an influencer, like, I didn't have a manager. So, not having a manager as, like, an influenza, you, like, have to negotiate all your own deals, find your own work. Also, having an under five my whole life, I've been, like, I don't know, my next, like – he's coming from.
0: And also as a young
2: woman, it's very hard to stand your ground and fight for what you're worth. Yes. And when I'm 24 and I'm also like the bitch off the bachelor, like it's like, it's very hard to have, yeah, negotiate for myself as well. And not Mm -hmm. having a manager was, was really stressful. And I also had to like, you know, like do admin life stuff. And I also had like ex-boyfriend that I love. I was just confused about that. This is a few months ago. And as well, like A Bachelor in Paradise was supposed to be coming out. And there were all these things and I was just so fucking stressed. And I invited off all these things. And I also was like sexting someone that I shouldn't be sexting. <laughs> and I'm like, I, t- I tell her everything because love you, Haley. She's like fucking 30. She's a legend. But that's what a therapist is for. She's amazing. And she They're was like. sounding board. Absolutely. But she said what you've said. She was like, what I want you to do is by next week when I see you, what do you, what's stressing you out the most? I was like, work 100%. And she's like, why? And I was like, because I have, I always have at least 20 unread emails. Mm-hmm. And 20 doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're working for yourself, so I'll, rep- I'll, re- I'll reply to 20 and by the time I'm up to 10, replying to 10, I'll then have 30 in my inbox because people will have replied to me plus there'll be new emails. Mm-hmm. So I currently, I know I have 15 unread emails right now. I know that for a fact, but and that's always in the back of your mind. Oh, I know that I have things to reply to you right now. Yeah. I have things from seven days ago that I'm like, I know I have to reply mm-hmm. to you, but I don't. Now that's been too long. I don't want to open the email, yeah. and I'm like, hi, sorry for the, the week long delayed reply. While I've been posting Instagram stories, dancing while cooking, like I yeah, know you follow me.
1: Engagement, engagement,
2: though, guys. But and she was like, okay. Well, by the time I see you next week, I want you your goal. Is to have replied to all the emails. Like when you walk in here to have zero emails unread.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like,
0: That's good. That's, that's a good goal. Actually,
2: not easy, but doable. And I did and she was like, and if you don't, achievable. It's okay. She's like, and if you don't, like we can figure out a way that you can achieve another goal another way maybe it could be all the unread emails by 5 p.m the day before you see me or something but now I think even then I ever since then every day I'm like okay and by 5 p.m even though I don't have like a nine to five like by 5 p.m today I have to have all my emails at least read or like actioned like I'm like I need to have something done or have a note as to why it wasn't actioned and ever since I've been moving it's been so it's been bad again but having little intentions even for the week oh that helped me tremendously even like she was like when Todd and I were breaking up, she was like, okay, your goal for this week is to not attempt to talk to Todd. Mm-hmm. Like that's that, that's your goal. And then I was like, if I can get through this week. And then you get through the week and you're like, okay, it's easier to not to talk to Todd. Now we're fine. Obviously this is months ago. But like, you know, like it's little it's little things where you're like, that seems, it's like bite-sized pieces. That's why I feel like little intentions
0: are more achievable than having these big benchmark goals. And if you set yourself up for those big benchmark goals that you can't achieve straight away, I feel like because we live in a, in a culture and a world of such instant gratification – if you don't have those small things you can achieve instantly, mm-hmm. you're going to give up altogether. So it's like super 100%. important
2: to have teeny little goals you can work towards constantly. Every day, yeah. And I, I like I have I need to get more into it. Now that I have an office and I have, you know, my own place, I'm like I need to get into like all I think about now, I get up on Mondays and I check my calendar and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this week I need to do this. Yeah. I don't think about what I have to do in a month because no. it literally will drive me yeah, insane. And it, I'm so and fucking changes, busy. it changes,
0: especially in this I have to this say it, this COVID oh, time in this, well, in this things time. change literally hourly. So I was like, what's the point in planning something for two weeks' time yeah. when we all know
2: that in two days it's going to be different again? Yeah. What's the point? What's the point mm. in me planning an LA trip? You know, what's the point in me going I mean, to meet someone that I really want to have sex with? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's super true. Um, All right. So that was also, are we inspirational speakers? Not really sure. I think we are Should we have to. a podcast? It's just like inspiring words by Abby and Phoebe. I think we should. And it's just us going fucking do little
0: things every day. Slide into our DMs if you think we should do that. So so let us we have know. Time.
2: <laughs> no, during oh, Seriously. Bachelor's not going to happen. Oh. Have you heard about? You've obviously yeah, heard this. Let's stop filming. Thoughts?
0: Um, probably safe, but like safe for tragic. Yeah, as
2: all well, gonna, our like, lives. though, no, that's a entire episode and it's safe also for tragic. Like,
0: <laughs> It will, it will. It's going to completely derail Australian culture.
2: So I was talking to someone um, that I know who writes stuff for a living. Like he writes, like um, shut up, like uh, movies and stuff. This person was saying, this person was saying that um, they recently sold, and as all animation is being pushed forward. So we're going to see a little more animation now because all, when you think about it, it's so true. No one can film. So in like six months when filming is clogged up, there's going to be all this new animation out, which will be really interesting. Because you know what's so wild
0: is like we were were looking for a new series to watch the other night and how funny that like that series, Pandemic, has just launched. Has it? I didn't it. Yeah, about, um, I think it was about, it's about some kind of flu. I think it was. SARS or bird flu or whatever, but, like, the timing of its release, they could not have foreseen that Fuck. it
2: would have been COVID time. It's horrendous. Oh, my God, it's yeah. so horrible. I've been to a lot of Black Plague stuff. Yeah. Tragic. But it's,
0: but it's like a, you're like a moth to the flame. Like, mm. you want to know the information, but you're also like, oh. But also I feel like in Australia, because we're doing the right thing, I feel like we're very safe. Like, I'm not scared of contracting the virus. I'm not, because we're isolating and we're, you know.
2: I'm, I'm – bit worried but i also think um i think i'm just comparing us to america america's fucked fucked like we are also probably gonna be fucked but we're not as fucked as america but yeah basically um i don't think i think australia i don't want people to be like you're just being too relaxed about it i am literally the Least, I think if we ought to stay inside, just stay and inside, don't freak out.
0: That's it. The thing is, I don't think Australia has been too relaxed about it. I think we're actually dealing with it appropriately, mm. like, we're actually staying as inside and quarantining and doing are. the right thing. And that's why our spread hasn't gone as far.
2: No, sorry. Okay, next question. Our next question is, uh, And this is, I chose this one because it is to do with, as I always do, I'm always on theme, um, to do that topic. But this one is something that I have dealt with quite a lot with um, ex-boyfriend that I love. And you guys often ask why we aren't together. And this is kind of the reason why. So my boyfriend who was depressed just broke up with me out of the blue. I love him so much and I don't want to lose him, but I don't want to smother him either. What do I do?
1: Oh, that's. That's
2: a really hard one. Mm. So ex boyfriend that I love and I have broken up uh, in three years of seeing each other on and off. Obviously, I was in the Bachelor. Obviously, we've had we've had other relationships in between, but we've always I think the longest we've gone without seeing each other, if we don't include Bachelor, like voluntarily not seeing each other, was like a month. And you and the thing is, you need
0: to remember that you always come back to each other. Always, yeah. And, and I've him I've more had than, that with an old boyfriend, not my mm, current boyfriend, but yeah. like an old boyfriend. So I know what that feels like. Yeah.
2: And you're like, I will, like, I love him mm-hmm. so much. So my best friend, but he and I would break up. I think we broke up. So officially, like seven times. So we haven't been together since la oh 2018. No, January 2019. We've been together since. And then we broke up. Um, after a few days of being back together because um, he, again, couldn't do it similar to this. And it was because of his mental health and I don't want to go into it because it's not right for him. He can talk about it if he wants to come on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But um, he had points of being really depressed and he would want to break up with me and I never, I never understood it. I was like in my brain because I had anxiety. I've always had anxiety, Yeah, very like, high frequency thinking and very much like, well, if you, if you, if you sad, why don't you want to be with me so I can fix it? Like I was like, well, if you're sad, do you want to be around me? Cause I love you. Like I do. And you love me. Like I know you love me. But that's not how a depressed person thinks. No. Well then your girl got hella depressed, hella depressed. I got so depressed when I was dating Todd and I was fucking suicidal. I loved Todd so much Like I remember being like, I love this man so much. But when I was the weekend before finale, when I was suicidal, I was pulled over my car and I was sobbing in the car and he tried to call me. And I literally was like, I want to break up with him because I don't want him to fucking talk to me right now. And I was getting so irritated. So I understood, but it it isn't anger. It's like, why the fuck do you care about me? It's not like a fuck you. It's like a fuck me. It's like a, why would someone care about me? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you trying to contact me right now? Like, and it's almost a, Something you do out of respect to someone that you
0: love so much and Mm. you're like, you deserve so much more than me Mm. and that's why I'm going to self-sabotage and push you away before your weird depressed brain thinks, oh, they're going to break up with me anyway. It's like you're trying to beat them to the punch.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And also it's this thing of like, I I don't (laughs) like, I didn't want to talk to anyone at all and I kind of felt like, apathetic and numb like I was like I just I didn't feel anything towards him and oh, almost said his name almost said his name and ex-boyfriend that I love <laughs> um he would always say to me it's not that I don't love you it's that I don't feel anything for you mm. when I'm depressed and I used to get he was numb and manic mm. and I would I used to get like that would hurt me so much and then after I went through it for just a weekend like I was very depressed for just a weekend. And I was like, oh, my God, I called ex boyfriend That I Love and I was like, I'm so sorry for ever getting mad at you for this. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, I completely understand how you felt because I felt that way. And, like, you've gone through this, like, fucking, like, nine times just in the time we've been together. Like Mm -hmm. we've been seeing each other always for three years, like, always, always, always like we're having lunch together or we're like still like calling each other once a week. Like we're mm-hmm. always at least talking, but like the facts that he went through that, I was like, I didn't want Todd and I loved Todd so much. Time I was like, I didn't want Todd to even fucking call me. And I was just going to be like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to fucking talk to you. I don't want to deal with you. So that's how I felt when I was depressed and I want to check up with someone. And when it is out of the blue, I feel like it is due to the depression. But if you try and um, force, not force, if you you try to be like, but I love you, but I want to take care of you, like it will put that person off the relationship even more. Not because they're like, ill and you're being too much. It's because they will feel pressure to be someone that they don't think they are. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm a piece of shit. Don't you see that I'm a piece of shit? Like why do you think I can be a good boyfriend or girlfriend or partner right now? I'm mm-hmm. a piece of shit. You saying all these things you love me is making me feel pressure to be a better person than I think I am. Mm-hmm. So and therefore I'm going to push you even further and maybe get angry and be snappy and be like fuck you and try to push you away and fuck you up. Thoughts? Well, I think
0: that you raise a very valid point there because – speaking as someone who has suffered from both depression and anxiety, I know that pushing somebody away is one of the easiest defense mechanisms that you have when you're in a manic down, for example. But I think breaking up with somebody in that state is, it is still what it is. You're still breaking up with someone. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, if I'm in that state, yeah, I'll probably have a fight with my partner, but I wouldn't break up with them.
2: Yeah, so I think you have to be I mean I mean again, it's very It's personal, but it's I understand personal saying, But see I like when I was again with the Todd thing, I remember sitting in my car and I was so upset. And the only reason why I didn't was because ex boyfriend that I love almost hit his name again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He, I remember being like, this must be how he felt, but I knew that he got better afterwards and would always want me back, so therefore you can't do this. Exactly. So I had experience in being on the receiving end of it, but I'm not sure that if if I hadn't had that experience being on the receiving end, I think I would have broken up with Todd mm. and, you know, we broke up eventually or whatever, but I think they would have been ended. And because we were long distance, I could have just been like, we're down hang-up block exactly. and I could have been it forever.
0: And it's almost like it's an easy escape because I still – I still say this, always say this, and it sounds so cliche, but I feel like to know what true heartbreak and what true love is, you need to have experienced it from both sides. Yes. So you need to have both been the heartbreaker and been on the receiving end and had mm-hmm. your heart broken. Yeah. So I think that's what gives you a real 360-degree view of love and relationships and yes it fucking sucks being broken up with and we've all been broken up with and had a heart ripped out and stomped
2: on who you think it's because of mental health issues because yes. you're like you feel so helpless and you're like but i love you no matter what and you feel like but you don't know what's around that person's head that person could use it in an excuse or it could it, pro, it pro, honestly i would say there's a high chance it is a genuine
0: misunderstanding yes completely
2: and, and I think I've been in that feelings. situation because yeah. I
0: I have identified in myself that when I'm in an extremely depressed or anxious state I completely close off to my people mm-hmm. and from a romantic perspective in their eyes it would look like I just don't care about you mm-hmm. but the reality is I care about you and love you so much yeah that I'm I'm so overwhelmed, okay, but, but I'm literally me. going offline. Yeah, I can't stay online for this. Mm-hmm. And then when you aren't in that manic state anymore, you come back online and you're like, "Oh wow, I fucked that up so much that they're not here anymore."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 so hard. But I think that's why it's so important that in a loving long term relationship, you need to be so open and transparent. Mm-hmm. In if you do suffer from mental health issues as so many people do now. You need to be so honest and upfront with that from the start Mm -hmm. and you need to let them know about ways you respond to certain things. So, for example, my partner now knows that if I shut off, that's a huge problem. Yeah. And he's not going to walk away from that because he
2: knows like, wow, she's in a really shitty state. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, see, if I didn't want to talk to my partner, ex-boyfriend that I love would know that I'm just being cranky But Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? He he wouldn't be like, oh, she's really sad. He'd be like, what do I need to do to get her out of that? It's opposite with us, you know, like they need to understand your, your tics, I guess. But the thing about if he, if he is depressed and he's broken up with you, if let's assume that it genuinely is a hundred percent because he's depressed, which I think it probably is a lot because Mm -hmm. if it's out of the blue, it sounds like, you know, it is because Mm -hmm. of depression. Um, he's not in a place to give you what you need or himself, what he needs in the relationship. So if it is because of this, you need to accept it for what it is. And if he does bounce back and feel better and try to get back with you, don't be like, like, I think a lot of your friends, a lot of my friends used to do this. They'd be like, fuck Don't give him a second chance. He fucking left you. No, no, no. Be like, is your mental health better? Mm -hmm. Are you seeing a psychologist? What have you done to, you know, not in like a, investigation way but like a, okay like if you want to go out together this is this because I have a feeling if it is depression he will want to get back with you like mm-hmm. if he out of the blue because he'll come out of it he'll have a bad week or two weeks and then he'll come out of it and he'll be like okay this is how I function this is how my exes have functioned that have had depression again not a psychologist no one come for me I'm just saying this is what mm-hmm. I expect would happen from my past experience yeah. my personal and people that I've dated and i back with you But don't be like, fuck you. He fucking left me once. Like, so many girls, I think a lot of people actually are like, they left me out of the blue. They don't care about me. No, no, no. They care about you too Nothing happens out of the blue. That's the thing. Yes. Like, you,
0: you turn a blind eye and you're like, oh, yeah, that happened out of the blue. But it didn't happen out of the blue.
2: No. So if he comes back, um... Give him. I think give him another chance because he obviously has mental health issues. Hundred
0: percent agree. Oh, 100%. But either way,
2: reach out to him. Like, I think if you, you haven't give him still a text, heard from him, give him a text. Give him mm-hmm. a call, but just one or two. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing hectic. Don't because again, don't put pressure on him. Because yeah. if you don't, pressure, don't don't start
0: boiling bunnies. But just no. <laughs> yeah. reach out and yeah. let him know you're there. Because in that
2: kind of state. Mm-hmm depression and anxiety you do feel very alone and like yeah. no one cares so but then when i when it, it's it's a it's a fine line to cross because it's quite, kind of like when i was depressed i if someone messaged me i would feel so guilty cuz i was like i don't want to reply to you mm. so if you do one or two or just one missed call and text me like hey no pressure call me if you want to call me in like a week or so but if it is done then it's if it is done forever, then it's done because he can't be with you now and you will find someone else who can be with you. Or it's done because he just didn't want to be with you and he's finding an yeah. excuse to break up with you, which is so shitty. Which is so shitty. So it's kind of like... But again, I think that comes back to what I said before
0: in that you have to have experienced love and heartbreak from both sides. And girl, I'm telling so you, true. it's not going to be easy. It hurts more than
2: it feels like you're dying. It's like a physical pain. Yeah. No, when my ex-boyfriend um, uh, and I woke up for the first time, I cried for four days straight. Straight. I, I cried my at desk. my death.
0: The first oh, boy desk.
2: I loved, yeah.
0: I went to work and I cried for five days, Monday to Friday, straight. Hmm. And everyone knew why I was crying. I got my and own like, office. you have to pull it together. And yeah, I was like, too.
2: "But I can't. I got put into my boss's office. He went on my desk because mm. he was, like, abs. I, n- I was still doing work, but I was just crying. Same. And he was like, I know you're doing work, but we know you had a breakup. So okay. just go and sit. I was – and we were about to get the two weeks later. But I, Again, this is – Oh, thing we did too. I mean, oh, fine. But then broke up, like, ten more times. They literally, and yeah. I now permanently no. broken up. But see, we, like, now – When ex-boyfriend I – no, ex-boyfriend that I love and I break up, I just go, okay. Like I'm just like – How long for this time? Yeah, I'm like, bye, love you, have a good night. Like, see y'all. Talk to you tomorrow. He's like, like we didn't talk from – we didn't talk from December until January 14th. January 14th is between – so December, December. That's a long time. No, I was going – Mental. No, I. it was three, four weeks. And I literally was like, like after three weeks, I was twitching and he called me. <laughs> and he's, I answer the phone and he goes, <laughs> we have this voice we put on. And he goes, <laughs> I could not resist. <laughs> he's like, I couldn't resist you anymore. And I was like, miss you. And he's like, yeah. And back to normal. But like, I'm, when we stopped talking that last time, I was like, I reckon January 10th will be the date. Then it wasn't January 10th and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, January I call the shots. Yeah. I was like, but I'm so used to our cycle, but that's not to any of this at all. But I just think, I think leave him be, give him a few texts, leave him be. Whatever happens, happens for a reason, as cliche as it is. Particularly in this strange, like lockdown time, like use, if you live together, I don't think you do by the sounds of it, Um use the time to like better yourself and self-care as lame Seriously. as that is. But like find a hobby that you really like. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I don't mean that in a bit. you like, find a hobby, which I always said people. I'm like, get a fucking hobby. But like genuinely, like it's I true. have found out that I really like painting. Yeah. Like I actually and really like so good at it. I mean, not that good, but like I, it's, it's really fun and it's so relaxing. Yeah. And I have never done art at all. And I really like drawing on my tablet. Like, I love doing graphic design stuff. But I've never done like paint painting and I'm like actually like this because I have so much time and because I've been like pretty single for like a little while now (laughs) um but yeah just do some shit by yourself any other
0: comments um I just think stay in contact and pretty soon you'll know you'll know why
2: that's really good you will know Yeah. yeah um all right cool so, Phoebs, I want to talk to you about something because on when we spoke last time about your eating disorder and our like weird habits with eating and all the struggles that came with that and the fact that it rooted in anxiety, um, I had listened to your podcast. Um, an episode. What was the name of the episode? You know, uh, I think it was anxiety and depression. Yeah, let's
0: <laughs> to the point. <laughs> I good. call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, babe. Absolutely. That was honestly though, can I just say, that was the scariest episode mm. I've ever recorded, but I did it with my best friend. So it felt she really amazing. safe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She was, it was, really, it was a nice, I really liked that podcast because it was kind of like what I want this podcast to be and that it was like chatty.
0: Yeah. It was like listening to a friendly conversation. Well, we were literally sitting in my bedroom. Yeah, having a chat. It was still scary because there was microphones there. So you're like, I know other people are listening. I
2: know this is going to happen. But yeah, yeah. But um, you were saying on that, you said some really interesting things that I really related to. I texted you, being like, I'm you crying did. at Jim. I'm laughing at Jim. I, 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 I love that. That's the purpose yeah. of these conversations. Yeah, because because I've I've struggled with anxiety, like I guess like undiagnosed probably since I was like fucking seventeen. Mm. 16, 17, but then I had really bad anxiety when I was first dating ex-boyfriend that I love and then um, because of all the breakups and all the emotional fucked up shit with that, kind of like a reared its ugly head and then I um, had like a – I mean – I don't know, if, I, I think it counts as a suicide attempt. I don't know. I like went to jump off the Story Bridge, but then I called an ambulance myself um, in October of 2018. I don't know if people know that actually, but like because I was just like, done ski, lol. um And lol, self deflection being like, I was just done ski, LMAO. Yeah, classic, classic. But like, I've really struggled with it. And the things that you were saying, and then ever since then, it's been up and down, up and down. Like, obviously, I felt like I was pretty good before filming bachelor, then it went bad during filming, then depression happened during airing. And I'm kind of almost back to say if I was like a s like a say I was like an eight before filming bachelor. I'm probably almost like a six now. Um, but I felt like the things you said were very apt and I could relate to a lot of them. So I kind of just wanted this to be like, again, Phoebe and I aren't doctors, we aren't psychologists, we aren't trying to like tell you guys how to deal with mental health or what everyone's experience is like, because our experiences, I was saying to you before, are same, same, but Mm -hmm. different. And um, they manifest in different ways and they come from different things. And that's the thing with mental health. It's so fluid and it's so easily changed. But um, I just want to have like a little chat about it because even me hearing your podcast or having like a conversational chat with your friend was so helpful to me. I'm so glad to hear that. It was great, And
0: that's the point. Like I heard a, a quote once that someone said is that your words are another woman's wounds. Mm. And that to me has always struck so true because mm. I'm like, you think you're alone in the shit that you're going through. And even though, yes, you might be alone to a degree, there's always someone else who's gone through a very similar thing to kind you. So. so by talking about it, you're kind of normalising someone that you think is so stigmatised. And and when you when – you, it's actually so surprising that when you open up about these things, like I remember the morning that episode went live, I was terrified. Mm-hmm. And then within the first, I think, hour it was live – Forty messages in my inbox on Instagram, and mm-hmm. being like, "I am so, I am going to the GP now. I am so grateful for you." Blah blah. Mm-hmm. So, I think there is just so much power in authenticity, yeah, and conversation,
2: and putting yourself out there a little bit. Like it is, like scary. It's scary for like you to speak about these things, like you were saying. It's scary for me to speak about these things as well. But I feel like it's worth it, putting yourself out there just a little bit, being like, because a lot of the things that I've been so anxious and scared about my whole life have been because I don't think anyone else is going through it. But mm-hmm. then when I hear podcasts like yours and like, um, like Esther Perel, her couple's –
1: Someone sent me hers God. today. She's incredible. She's, oh,
0: my God. My friend Carla literally sent me today and said, Esther Perel is my God. Do, listen to this. Esther Perel is my ultimate podcast today. guest. I
2: would I, – I would pay a lot of money to have one in on the podcast. I love her. I think she's she's incredible. I'm gonna make I'm gonna try and make it. That's my goal for 2025 is to have Esther Perel. She's amazing. But like listening to those podcasts, you you're like, oh fuck. Like I'm also, it's yeah. this kind of thing of like, and this for me, this is comforting. For others, it may not be. But I'm like, I'm not that special. <laughs> that's it. I'm like, there's a lot of but, people that are going through the same shit that I'm going through. And, and, even, and they get through it. That's it. And
0: even through this whole COVID stand down job loss thing I'm like hey it's not you it's majority mm-hmm. like I know more people who've lost their jobs than people who haven't lost their jobs yeah it's rare so I'm like not. there is actually a lot of comfort in knowing that we're all going through this together and mm-hmm. that no one's gonna let you starve no one's gonna let you default on your loans no yeah. one's gonna let you be homeless so it's
2: kind of this beautiful camaraderie Thing. Worst case you and your boyfriend move in to my spare bedroom That's it No And we share our rent And we're all balling <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> Which we've already done together We already had a, a sleepover the three oh months. God, in the I apartment. was No
2: that was beyond fucked So after we recorded <laughs> the last episode with Phoebe So about eating disorders We I had love a Phoebe a few wines. We had a few <laughs> wines We had We don't handle our wine very well Yeah we don't Um I have a bottle of wine. I've almost had a bottle of wine. Actually, I've had like three glasses and I'm pretty tipsy. Yeah. And a bottle of wine for me is going out. Yeah. It's like I'm lit. But um, fuck what are we saying? So originally what I was meant to say was I wanted to be like a chit-chat. I wanted to be like a what was your experience? We can compare experiences because I've been through this as well. And I think it's important for people who um, have public platforms such as we do um, to talk about things that – Maybe uh, taboo and maybe are hard to talk about, and I the amount of times I've listened to podcasts and driven and cried is just mm. ridiculous. So I kind of want to talk to you because you have a really interesting journey to figuring out. I guess it wasn't really figuring out that you had anxiety, or was it? Would you describe it it kind that of way? way? You was. describe it, yeah. You it t- kind of it's was amazing. because
0: my symptoms manifested physically and. Mm. Mm. Well, they manifested, I guess, emotionally first, but I push them to the side as I think so many people do, and you pass them off as stress or busyness or yeah. Uh. Um, And I think also what what I'm super passionate about is people use the word anxiety so frivolously now so if you're having a stressful day at work someone will say I've got anxiety about this report no honey you don't have anxiety about that report you're stressed about that report and that report might be giving you anxious feelings but anxiety is is, is full-blown and is so much more than that so I think that a lot of the reason why people might not be clinically diagnosed with anxiety or depression or just kind of throw those things to the side is because the word is so
2: commonly misused Uh uh-huh like if i say i had an anxiety attack people don't understand that means i literally felt like i was gonna die and i was catatonic yeah people think that like i've had anxious nights where i've sat in bed and i i physically cannot move Mm -hmm. i'm on my phone i can scroll but i'm not taking anything in and i physically cannot move and i'm having a panic attack internally and then I have to take a Valium to sleep and that's yeah. my entire night yeah. from 5 p.m for whatever reason and while a report at work can give you anxiety if you have an anxiety disorder it can trigger it being nervous about getting something in on time is simply it's stress normal, and the language around it is important yeah to be able to, to define whether or not because it does, it does kind of negate people's experiences that have anxiety and saying like, oh, you're feeling a bit anxious, are you? Mm. It's like, no, I have anxiety. I'm, yeah. I, I have to pay a lot of money to go see a psychologist mm-hmm. to deal with this and I was on medication and it didn't work and I'm freaking <laughs> out. So now it's
0: I'm off medication and I'm like, that's it. And I think that you need a certain level of stress in your life or your job to be able to make your deadlines and to be able to actually achieve your work because stress – is actually a, a normal thing and mm-hmm. stress, if you can deal with it's fine. But mine was a lot m- more than that in that it was super physical. I was put in hospital. I was covered in psoriasis. I lost you had my no, You had no idea why it was happening as well, no. which is the most interesting. And I was misdiagnosed for about seven months by every kind of doctor, naturopath,
2: medical physician well, you could even – Negate. I want to talk about this as well because um, a lot of doctors, still um, ones that I've encountered anyway, there are some that are, there are a lot that are great. I shouldn't say some, but there are some doctors, um, particularly ones that are bulk billed because when I was working in a hospital job, I would always get bulk billed. Like, mm. I can't afford to pay for a doctor. I don't know. Um, they kind of just either will say, if you're having symptoms, like if you're, like when I had anxiety, this is probably two months before I tried to kill myself. I went to a doctor and I was like, I'm having panic attacks at work. Like my first panic attack, I was at I was working in a hospital and I was working in um, the cafe. I was closing up and I remember this so vividly and I literally just couldn't breathe suddenly. And I think I I think I was I was used to work like 70 hours a week in this bar. Like it was mm. crazy. And I don't know what I was it wasn't even and this is the thing as well, anxiety can come when you're not anxious. It's like, what are you anxious about? I have a mental health issue. I have a chemical imbalance in that I get anxious for no reason. So my first panic attack, I couldn't breathe. And my boss had to like carry me up the stairs because I literally, I thought that I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I honestly, and my best friend Georgie came up the stairs and she has a degree in psychology and she calmed me down completely. And this is I when we became really, really, really close. And we drove to the park and we just spoke for like New Farm Park and we just spoke in the car for like two hours and I calmed down finally and I was like, what the fuck was that? So I went to a GP like the next week and I was like, I had this thing. It was a panic attack. Like I'm not. Like, again, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, I was like, I think it was a panic attack. I've Googled this. Like, my sister's had one before. Um, I would like to go see a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, no, you don't need that. And I was like, no, I, I do need a mental health plan. I really I really would need one right now. And I was like, no, what I'm going to do instead is give you Valium. So he – this is insane. So he gave me <gasps> – 50. And Valium is actually very hard to get. Like Valium, if you go in and ask Valium, they won't give it to you. Well, So I was really sick in Melbourne two, two weeks ago and I had a panic attack because I thought I had coronavirus because this was when it was just starting to get bad. I didn't think that I had it, but I was vomiting and I was so ill that I was like I'm either going to have to go to a hospital where I can be exposed to coronavirus or I could have something really bad right now because I've had the flu before and it almost fucking killed me. I was in hospital for it. But so I tried to get Valium during that. And the doctor was like, even though I was vomiting and clearly I was like, give me one Valium, please. I'm not an addict. I just am going to not – I'm not going to make it through the night if mm. I don't have a Valium. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I can't – gave me something else instead. Anyway, so this doctor was like, here's 50 Valium. <coughs> so I had a whole bottle of Valium um, and I was just taking those. And then two weeks later or three weeks later – I So I begged this doctor For a psychologist Because I was like I know that I don't want Valium I'm not the type of person That wants to take drugs to fix things Well that it's a bad thing But not as a first step And I had the Valium And I was having probably two a day mm. Just to like function And then I drank like a flask of vodka When I was like 20 I was like 23 and then I like was so depressed and anxious. Well, I was depressed because I was anxious when sober and depressed when drinking. Mm. So then I walked to the Story Bridge and I was like, yeah, cool, I'm gonna jump off. And then I saw a little Lifeline sign and I was like, okay, final call Lifeline. And I was so drunk. I was so fucking drunk. Like I can't mm. explain how drunk I was. I've never been drunk before or after because I, that was, I will never get that drunk again because I'm scared of being that drunk. Mm. And um, with Valium, like two Valium plus a flask of vodka mm. for a twenty-three-year-old girl who usually has three wines. Like I was, I'm such a lightweight. And I called, <clears throat> and I called Lifeline. They called an ambulance, and then I got in the ambulance, went to the hospital. But have you ever gone to hospital for mental health? Anxiety, yeah, yeah. They do. I don't know what they did in your, business, you can tell your thing after this, but I literally walked in and they took all my things from me and then sat me in a chair for 12 hours, didn't let me sleep, didn't only brush my teeth and then were like, okay, hey, you can go now. It's been yeah, 12 hours. It's like a watch house. And I was like, okay, um, I, I would be, I'm actually, you're actually deteriorating my mental health right now. You haven't given me any medication. You haven't given me anything. I'm freezing cold sitting in, it was winter, sitting in a hospital on a chair in a concrete room I have nothing. I can't sleep in here. What the fuck is going on here? And they're like, okay, we'll call you in two days to check the psychologist. And I was like, I tried to go to a psychologist two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and look what's happened. So um, I think a lot of doctors pass things off when it comes to mental health as not that bad. When in my experience, my worst health issues have been mental health issues mm-hmm. sorry continue with your story I just want to have a little caveat no, about doctors
0: I, I think it's completely true and same thing for me I'm I have been used to living a very stressful life and I've always since a very young age worked three jobs um, and I had people used to always just say oh you're so stressed and I'll say it to myself like I'm stressed. Like I don't sleep a lot. I have a lot of responsibility, a lot of jobs, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then I
2: probably passed it off as stress for about,
0: God, maybe two years. Mm
2: -hmm. Which is a long time for it to be compounded. It is a long
0: time, yeah. But it wasn't super bad then. But then I think because I compounded it for so long, my physical started – sorry, my symptoms started to arise as physical. So I had these And I'd suffered from hectic stomach issues now I can say for about nine years Mm -hmm. and they'd always been so undiagnosed. But they were were that bad and the physical evidence was that bad that like I have got a very naturally flat stomach. Um, My stomach was distended. Like I was eight months pregnant. I would have these horrific stabbing pains in my stomach. Um, I would barely eat and still look... Really, like yeah. eight months pregnant, um, excruciating pain. What else was there? That was that was what it was for about four months. It mm-hmm. um, was a long time to go. Long time. Yeah, yeah. I went to oh. GPs, uh, naturopaths, gastroenterologists, surgeons. Mm-hmm. I went to emergency one night because my stomach was so bad and I hadn't actually physically eaten anything that whole day. Um, and they passed it off as constipation, and gave me laxatives. That was Did you shit anything out? No, and so that you was had nothing. In and you. that was one of the worst, probably one of my lowest points because I literally remember my mum took me to the emergency room, and I remember lying in that hospital bed, and I turned to mum and I was like, "No one believes me." No, and she and I was sobbing, and and as a mother saying that to your child, and she was like. I know you're not making it up. I have a very high pain threshold. So mm-hmm. I wasn't it wasn't in my head, but there was physically nothing. I mean, aside from the bloat and stuff, like they'd done every test imaginable, uh-huh. there was nothing physically like, tangibly wrong, tangibly wrong. But that was more frustrating. I'd spent well, you'd want to know over what? 5 grand in medical bills trying to get some kind of yeah. diagnosis and some people were like, "Oh, you've got IBS, you've got Leaky gut. You've got this. You've got that. So I then spent more money on like, yep. I spent more money on like supplements and medications mm -hmm. and herbs and this and that. Nothing. And I'd been to my my GP had said to me months before, I think you have anxiety. And I was like, fuck off, mate. Mm. Like, I have like hectic physical symptoms. This is not anxiety. Like I'm not stressed. I'm – there's something physically wrong with me. And then after I think seven months of like every kind of doctor's appointment mm. you can imagine, mm. emergency room visits, overnight trips to the hospital, you name it, I'd done mm. it. Um, I finally went back to the GP. After I'd had this massive enlightening moment, sorry, from out of everyone, my eyebrow lady – who was studying
2: nursing. Our eyebrow ladies like no, they know they do. everything. They My do. eyebrow lady messaged me today being like, I miss you so much. Yep. And I'm like, I genuinely miss mm-hmm. her so much. And because you see them once every three weeks, they actually For know an hour line eyes.
0: Exactly. Closed. And they know you so well. Yeah. And she she also happened to be a friend at the same time. So mm-hmm. I saw her outside of appointments as well. And she is a nurse and she was studying at the time mental health. And unbeknownst to me, she'd given me a little K10 test, which is what you actually have, sorry, um, when you go to get diagnosed. And I'd had one before because of the whole ENDA sort of thing. So I knew what a K10 test was. Um, and she said to me, Would you ever consider medication for anxiety? And I was like, Bitch, <laughs> bitch. what are you talking about? Mm. I don't have anxiety. And she's like, Well, I know you think you don't, but. I think you do. Like, I've just subliminally given you this mental health Mm -hmm. test, and I think that you should go see your GP. And I was so mad at her at the time. Well, you
2: know what's confronting about those tests, whether or not, is when you, so when I always do mine, I always get like severely anxious. Same. And I got like off the chart. Yeah. Like, like perfect school. And then I always get, it's like, what is it? It's like very severely anxious. And then I get severely depressed. Yeah. And I'm like, but this is my normal, this is how I've always felt. Exactly. I'm like, and you're like, no, no, no. And then then I don't feel the same, but I always think with those tests, maybe I'm misdiagnosing myself. Maybe, maybe if, when they say how anxious are you, like often sometimes or mm-hmm. rarely, I'm just being dramatic. And I'm like, no, but I do often feel like well, that's I the can't thing. concentrate. Exactly. I do often I know. feel like this. I do, I do always feel like I can't. I, I can feel my own heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I do always feel like that. Yeah, and you feel like, holy shit! I've had a pretty severe mental health issue mm-hmm. since I was like a aware and aware human. But that's the that's it's the fucking crazy thing to it's, me uh, is yeah, that I think so like, many off. people
0: go undiagnosed with it and they don't seek the help that they so desperately need. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason that I took it so seriously is because I had these physical symptoms, and by this point. I had lost my period for three months. My whole body was covered in psoriasis, like, all over my face, all down my arms, all over my hands. I had this distended stomach that was, like, so in pain. Um, I cried 24-7. And I know that I'm a crier. Like, Mm -hmm. I cry when I get emotional. I cry at all times. Yeah, but crying all day, every day, not normal. I, like, lost a sack of weight, like... My my symptoms were so, probably more physical than they were emotional by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally, after this, went back to my GP and he was like, what can I do for you? And I just lost it. And I was like, I need your help so badly. I think... I'm anxious or depressed, but I don't know what to do about it. Mm. And he is such a fucking sweetheart. He wheeled his little chair. I will never forget this moment. He wheeled his little office works chair over to me, put his hand on my leg, and he was like, I have been waiting for you to come back and tell me this for six months because he told me that six months ago. And And I was like, you're fucked. You're a liar. But that's what it was. And he was like, and because obviously he knew about all the, the new symptoms, And he was like, I don't take this lightly. And he's like, but you need to be medicated. Mm. And that is not something I ever wanted to do because for me personally, like the pill even fucked me up. Like I have been on the pill for periods of my life but no more than like Three months at a time because it really affects me. me. physically. I'm I'm not on the pill for two years. No, and I've never been like any kind of. I tried everything: Depo, Implanon, Implanon, everything. They all fucked me up. Yeah. So I'm like, that kind like medication just tends to not agree with me. So Mm -hmm. I've always been very hesitant to it. But by this point, I was like, I will take anything that will make me fucking feel better because I even I was never suicidal as such but I remember at one point I did have a thought that was like if I died right now who the fuck would care mm. and that is not a normal thought pattern to have so no. I was like I know that I need intervention and medication at this point and it took me I trialed about I think three different kinds of medication before I found the one that I'm still on now. But it's scary and I take medication. It every, it's, it's terribly because scary. Because they tell
2: you you're going to get worse before you get better. And you do. On medication and you, and you do, do. And then you're like, mm-hmm. fuck no.
0: But finally I found one that does not fuck with me and it actually helps me. But, but the scary thing is it does take that trial and error and it took a good probably – just over four months Mm -hmm. of that kind of trial and error. And I'm not saying that medication is for everybody, but I'm saying the best thing that I ever did was acknowledge the fact that finally I had a mental health problem. And I think that still to this day, even though it's still so talked about, there is still so much stigma that surrounds mental
2: health. And it's like you must be bipolar or schizophrenic. But even if you are bipolar or schizophrenic, is it when people are like, someone that I love very dearly has bipolar and around prison people say, oh my God, they're fucking crazy. They have bipolar. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You think they want to have bipolar? You think they want to be depressed and manic? Are you fucking kidding? Like, or people that, you know, talk about other people that are like, she must be like schizophrenic. And it's like, yeah, the poor thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The poor fucking thing. The poor thing. Because she's, she's going through a really hard time. Like people don't understand that. Like, no one wants to be this fucking way and it's it's the hardest thing because you also, it is your mind pain tricks in yourself but you're like, I get as well in my head, I'm like, am I just being dramatic? Mm-hmm. But you, like with your physical symptoms, you're like, maybe you were like, this is my last option with the medication. Like, Well, I think because perhaps it helped as well though because you're like, I know what it is.
0: I am grateful for it because as painful and severe as it was I think that you can only ignore your emotional cues for a certain period of time and Mm -hmm. your body is very very intelligent and it we don't give it enough credit Mm -hmm. but if you ignore something long enough your body will show it to you in physical symptoms Mm -hmm. and that's different for everyone like I know someone who had the same thing I went through but he got alopecia and lost all of his hair and that was his physical symptom yep. that he needed to go and get his shit sorted. You know what yep. I mean? Like it, it materialises in
2: people in very different ways. I always lose so much weight. I went down to a size six um, when I was – it was around, yeah, It would have been around the time that I was – after I tried to commit suicide, I went down to a size six and not like a, like, like a small size six. I'm like – like my bone structure shouldn't be a size six. Like I'm five foot four, but I have like wide hips. Mm. I shouldn't be able to fit into a size, a, a size six shouldn't be for me. My friend, Seesha, love you c who was like t, like she's, I think she's like five foot and she's like so tiny. Like I call her my little friend. Like I'm like my little friend C, she's like my little friend Ali, who are little gorgeous little friends and they're, They're teeny tiny. They're both like size five feet. Like they're fucking tiny. Yeah. And like so short. And Sisha borrowed my shorts the other day from when I was severely anxious. And I was like, Sisha, like Sisha's thigh is as thick as my arm. Like she's fucking tiny." tiny. She's just physically built that way. And I'm like, how the fuck did I ever fit those fucking shorts? Like mm-hmm. not in a good way in like a, I was severely unwell. And then I got a memory up on my phone the other day because it would have been around October. It must have been around this time two or three years ago. I was really bad. And I got a, like a memory on my phone being like mm-hmm. this day, three, two years ago. And I was like, Jesus, Damn, fuck, girl. Jesus, fuck. Like you could see my fucking rib cage through my chest. You could see everything. But I wasn't not eating. I was eating normal amount, I, maybe maybe a little bit less, but I wasn't – I would feel sick and I would vomit a lot um, because – Because that was your body's response. Yeah, and even after Bachelor, Christabel, even still, Christabel is like a little bit – I I know, like we talk about it a lot, that I vomit after almost every meal that I – for a little while there, I vomit after every meal that I ate <laughs> when Todd and I were breaking up and not – not from purposefully. And I was like, is it a food allergy allergy? Is it a food allergy? Is it a food intolerance? Or is it and then when I heard your podcast, I was like, maybe it's just that my anxiety was heightened mm-hmm. then and I don't have to worry about it. Um, because I I was like, I it was only for a short period of time that I would vomit after almost every meal. I would have one beer and we go to dinner, Chris Bell and I on like a weekday when I was in Sydney visiting her. A beer, and we'd have like a parma, like a like like heavy food, but Not I always had Palmer's. I was at yeah. Palmer's. It's only when like I'm like creamy pasta and I'm hungover mm-hmm. and I would vomit all night. But then I, when I finished vomiting, when it was out of my body, I'd be like, hey, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. It so, wasn't like a you, you didn't have food poisoning or you weren't gastroing. It was just like your body was like, whoa. Yeah, we'd go to breakfast and I would have avocado on toast, vomit. We'd go to dinner, I would have um, a salad and salmon, vomit. I it when it was after everything it's like I can't handle you eating um so it does manifest in a really physical way but sometimes people don't recognize it and that's why I also wanted you to talk about this because mm. like you were saying a lot of people including me even after going through anxiety and depression trying medication having a suicide attempt all these things as as recent as December no no sorry November I was vomiting after eating, being like it must be a food allergy, mm-hmm. and then after your podcast and after my anxiety calmed down and everything, kind but it's not like not the case anymore. And I kind of realized that when I was at gym listening to your podcast, I was like, "Fuck! It probably was just that I was anxious and probably really fucking sad I don't and want to get things down."
0: And you know, I think that's one of the worst things about anxiety and depression is that you think you have it under control, but it's unfortunately and. I might get a lot of hate for saying this, but I don't think it's ever going to go away from you. So Mm -hmm. if you are predispositioned to that kind of, it's a disease. Like Mm -hmm. point blank, it's a disease. And I don't think you can ever completely get rid of it. You can manage it. That's why Mm -hmm. they call it a management strategy program. You can't cure it. Um, You just need to be really meticulous about what your triggers are and how you manage it, but it's always going to still manifest in periods of your life. And I know, mm. for example, right now there's COVID bullshit nonsense. It's not nonsense because it's real. But, but it's fucked. M- <laughs> but it's fucked. It is fucked. <laughs> and it's my bullshit anxiety, it's fucked. <laughs> It is, but my anxiety is done heightened. to the world? What have <laughs> we done to the world? <laughs> <laughs> but mine has no, been super bad. heightened lately and – I can see really self-destructive patterns coming back to myself that I have to be like, whoa, Phoebe. But I, I think I, I can recognise them now, and I can slow them down. Mm-hmm. I can't stop them from happening because I'm not fucking Wonder Woman. But, but can I can recognise those mm-hmm. patterns and the triggers, mm-hmm. and find little manoeuvres to help me keep. A management strategy, strategy. strategy, that's it. And I know that like a really important thing I think right now is that while a lot of people can't physically get to their therapist, if you need to see a psychologist, one of my best friends, for example, is a psychologist and she cannot physically see her clients, but she's taking them all via Skype or via phone Mm -hmm. because it's still so important right now to be in contact with...
2: Yeah. Help if you need help. Yeah. See, we were saying earlier in in the episode that, like, it isn't the same. It isn't the same, but the thing is I go to a therapist as kind of like a – now, it's like a top-up. Yes. I I can completely cope alone and I've got strategies from her, even just from the short time I've been seeing her, that have helped me. But if you're in dire need, you can speak to a therapist on the phone and it will be helpful. It's just that for me, I'm like – I'm – Pretty okay. But maybe if it, if this thing goes for – if we're in lockdown for another – Six months. Season, so I will 100% do a f- – Me too. Call because I know that I need that every couple of months uh-huh. at least. And the thing is – I prefer is, to do it more often but I need it every well, couple of months. Well,
0: exactly. And I, and I said last week in an episode, I'm not currently seeing a therapist but my thing right now is trying to explain to my partner why I am the way I am and that's a very hard thing to explain but m- – my friend helped me again give me the kind of words that I need to give to him to be like, hey, I'm not crazy Mm -hmm. but this is how I'm feeling and I can't help it Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people also when you suffer from anxiety or depression, you go to that automatic self-deprecation where you're like, hey, I'm a crazy bitch but you have to be like, no, no, you're not a crazy bitch. Your brain is literally just programmed a little bit differently yeah.
2: to most people's brains. I'm sorry I'm being crazy. No, no, it's okay. Like it's fine. Like yeah. and if someone loves you, like which people around you do love you, they'll be like, you're not like you're not being crazy. And it actually makes them feel probably more worried if they're like, I'm it's fine. I'm being crazy. I mean it's fine. But like I think it's I think it is really great in that I think in our generation it's being it's not perfect, but it's much more open. Like for example Oh thousand percent. I, I say to my friends now and everyone kind of like People kind of laugh at me when I say this or they get very like, oh, I couldn't do that. At my old job, um, actually at both the places that I used to work before bachelor, Dream bachelor and after bachelor before I quit and became an, um full-time whatever the fuck I'm doing now, um, I would regularly – not regularly. I would – no, not regularly. I would on more than one occasion at both jobs – I had a mental health day Mm. where I would, because I told my bosses, I told my boss when I tried to commit suicide, the same one that I was with before from 2018 until just before the bachelor. Um, I told him when that happened and they were very supportive because I was like, I can't come to work. I was in hospital on the weekend, (laughs) tried to kill myself. And that was all great. Not great. That was a great response from them. Um, but after that, I could be like, hey, I'm feeling really anxious today. I don't want to come into work. Mm-hmm. And then after that, my boss beyond that was incredible. Like I love him. Like he was the best boss I've ever had, particularly in being in property. Um, and he was kind of – he my first day – was the first date of the ad airing for the Bachelor, so he copped the start to the end of the Bachelor, and then everything died down. I was like, I'm quitting now. Like I was like, thanks for the ride. But um, he, I would text him being like, Hey, I'm super. I'm really suicidal today, and he would just go, Text me when you come back in. I'm like, Great. And I tell my friends this who work for quite like quote unquote progressive work environments or like, I don't know. I think I think it's equally as reasonable if not more reasonable to say I can't work today because I have a mental health issue because how the fuck am I supposed to be productive sitting at work crying at my desk or not being able to physically function like I get I get very uh there's like catatonic that's very extreme but I want to, I get very like tensed up uh, that makes it, I, can't, I cannot move yeah. I cannot move I literally, then I'm like when I get anxious mm-hmm. and People at my work in property, in a male-dominated industry that's very old school, Mm -hmm. very old school, would go, absolutely, don't come in today or call me, I'll call you tomorrow and I'll see Mm -hmm. how you're feeling or I'll email you and see how you're feeling. Yeah, 50-year-old men who are right wing. But these people who are in progressive work environments are scared to say or cannot say, I just don't feel well today. And I think it's important to take a mental health day. I do too. I would think more so than a sick day. I've taken sickies what well, i've felt 7 out of 10 could go to work probably best to work from home the issue would be getting into the workplace and spreading the you know if you have the flu if the cold or something but mental health days for me if i'm calling in a mental health day i am un, i am unable to work mm-hmm. unable okay. to and even if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed in general at work, it's also okay to take a mental health day. And I think that that kind of needs to be more normalised. And all workplaces as well like, are you okay, day, but don't implement it. They don't implement, oh, they don't implement do it. Do not my workplace get did. me started
0: oh. on are you okay, day oh. Because my work did some – I don't even want to get into where I work, but like it was so surface level – And it infuriated Mm. the fuck out of me that it Mm. was this morning tea where everyone was wearing yellow, gathered around this table full of homemade cupcakes and tea (gasps) cakes and lamingtons and stuff, but no one was speaking to each other. And I was like, we are deflecting the entire purpose of this day. It is deflecting, isn't it? Which is to have an honest conversation with each other. Uh Like, hey, how are you, Stacey from Accounts? Hey, actually, not great. My husband's just left me and I have a mortgage to pay by myself. Cupcake? Great. (laughs) Cupcake, (laughs) Stace?
2: Stace, UK. Got a homemade croissant here, Stace. But that's going to be $4 for you. $4 though, babe. I've actually got a speech by the CEO. No, When the CEO comes and speaks, I'm like, bro, uh, you earn $4 million a year, bro. We didn't have
0: anyone speak at ours. And that is what grinded me the most. It was just.
2: Forced interaction, know, with morning, morning. date. Yeah, it is so funny. Um, we're actually at an hour and a half. Are we talking for. I thought it. No, I know. I'm gonna cut it. We're on well. I won't like, cut we it. We say this.
0: We're well. No, this we are, is actually we are a really unwell. important conversation. But no, like, I won't relevant. cut
2: it at all. I think it's great, and I think people right now have time to listen to it. Yeah. But um, so is there anything else you want to say? Are there any tips you have people? Are there anything you want people to do mental health? Because I think it is. I think as well. Oh God, tangent again. But I think because you and I speak about it quite openly well, you in a very public platform on your podcast Mm. and me on my Instagram and with my friends as well. It's quite normal. I think we're both in very, like, supportive friendship groups, very, like, left-wing, very, like, progressive, very, like...
0: But I think that we know how lucky we are to be in that position, whereas not everyone is. Well, I didn't
2: realise and I didn't really... comprehend that until I was with a bachelor Neither when that. I have girls down me being like, thank you so much for saying that you had a bad day today. And I'm Same. like, what? Like, that's and you like take fucking it, normal right. like my
0: life. Like, and you take it for granted because yeah. I was still, I think, by that point a hundred and... Oh, sorry, like probably by that point, sorry, like 97 episodes in. I had two million downloads or something ridiculous and I was like, oh, I'm just going to say this and then... <laughs> On of people yeah. and I was like, wow, I don't realise, I guess, how lucky and I can probably say it's we are to have the support system that we have mm-hmm. but I guess the one thing I want people to know is if they don't feel like they have a supportive group of friends or a family they can talk to people about, mm-hmm. message us. Message somebody that mm-hmm. you feel like you can talk to it about who'll understand. Yeah. And get it off your chest.
2: Yeah, Because but also I think people think, I think people have this thing of my friends wouldn't care, wouldn't understand because no one in there, it's kind of like you have to be the vanguard. You yep. have to be the first person to Say broach the subject and be like, guys, I'm actually not well. Because when my friends and I, when my friends like found out that I tried to commit suicide, it was this whole thing of like, obviously support and they loved me, but it was also like, yeah, dude, I felt like that before as well. Mm-hmm. And all my girlfriends and I now, I could call any of my girlfriends. Like I have like probably like seven or eight really, really close friends. i call them and be like, hey, I've had suicidal thoughts today. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, what do I need to do? Check it. Yeah. Fucking WhatsApp. That's like
0: I have my one friend who's been in, down a very similar path to me in that like if you've heard my previous episode with Abby, you'll, you'll have heard all about my eating disorder. Mm. We... Got, got treated for the same eating disorder at the same clinic but a few years apart. Oh, wow. So we go to each other a lot and we have a very self-deprecating sense of humour but we can say that stuff to each other. And, like, right now I'm terribly worried about her because she's not in a great state Mm -hmm. because of COVID. She's a small business owner, whatever. Um, So I make an effort now every single day to make some kind of contact with her Mm. in whatever way I can get through to her, which for us is humour. Yeah. Self deprecating humour. Yeah. So I feel like you don't shy away from that yeah. and just reach out to people that you can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Like
2: honestly, that's that's it. I think as well, it's hard to go like, you know, how are you? Oh yeah, good. And then but to be like, Yeah, but like how are you though? Ella. But it, I'm it, good it, 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 it is such a non responsive response. I know. But in, but, but, like I say, like Christabel the other day was a little bit sad. She hurt her ankle while walking. And I was a little bit worried about it because she was, she's by herself in Sydney. And this isolation thing obviously means that I can't go and visit her and she can't come to Brisbane. Yeah. And she, mm-hmm. so Miss messaged and I was like, hey, how are you? And she was like, good. Because we just talk constantly all day, every day. So it was like, like a random out of the day how I then I was like no but seriously I was like no but seriously how are you plus like it was like yeah. kind of kidding and she's like oh, and I face her I'm no. on the verge. Yeah. and then yeah and then it becomes so it's okay to start off as a joke it doesn't have to be like a are you doing okay because that's also we like i like shut up like mm-hmm. even if I was suicidal i would be like shut the fuck up see
0: my mum taught me that she always said make sure you check in on the people that you even have an inkling that you're worried about. Yeah. And I have always, that's always been something that's stuck with me. Yeah. And I do that. Even if it's just a text or a meme or some small kind of communication, it's so important to to that person to let them know
2: there's other people thinking about them. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, well, Phoebe, thanks you so much for coming on. This has been an hour and a half. We could talk for literally hours about this. I've been <laughs> literally. like, there was so much. I didn't have a plan for this. I was just like, let's just do like comparison stories. Um, you're amazing. Can you please tell everybody your details of your podcast? My podcast is Confessions
0: of a Trainwreck. You can find me on um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. And your Instagram is PhoebeACP. Now I, I always think it's Phoebe Cap, because even yeah. my boyfriend calls me Phoebe ACP. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, my name is Phoebe
2: Ann Christina Parsons. Yes, so it's Phoebe ACP. Yeah. But I, I, always think it's Phoebe Cap. When she first DM'd me, I was like, <laughs> Who the, Phoebe, and because I knew her sister, and I was like, what's going on? Um. Anyway, you're amazing. Thank you for sharing your story, your journey. You're incredible. Thank you um, for giving me dinner. Oh, what have we done to the world? What have we
1: done? To the world? <laughs>